Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew chapter 19 You can read that in your own time. But we have the story there in Matthew chapter 19 of a man who was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. And the rich young ruler approached Jesus and said, listen, give me your attention. He said, Jesus, good teacher, what good thing can I do that I might have eternal life? Now, in the Greek language, that reads more like the man is saying, Jesus, what is the one stupendous, grand, good deed that I can do to earn, to merit, to deserve eternal life? That's what he said to Jesus. So Jesus said to him, now, if you want eternal life, keep the commandment. And you perhaps know the story. The man arrogantly kind of said, which one? He said, which one? And Jesus said, okay, I'll name some. The fifth commandment, honor your mom and your dad. The sixth commandment, don't murder. The seventh commandment, don't commit adultery. Number eight, don't steal. Number nine, don't lie. And the man is standing there, and as Jesus is kind of running off the commandments, the man is standing there, and he's kind of going, you know, done that, done that, done that. And Jesus says, okay. Now go sell everything you have and follow me. And the man said, what you talking about, Willis? That's in the Greek language. It's there. And the man thinks, oh, sell my Lexus? Sell my house? Sell my stocks? No Nordstrom's? And the Bible says that he drove away in his drop-top chariot. Sorrowful. Now, we know from this story, listen close, that the man did everything that was right as it relates to the second table of the law. But he messed up on the first table of the law because the first table of the law, the first commandment says, you shall not have any other gods before me. You see, for this man, his God was his money. He was concerned with keeping the commandments, but he was more concerned with keeping his money. Now, if you've been with us on Wednesday nights, you know that we are going through the commandments. And might I add, pretty slowly. It's all good. And I really have a concern that we know the commandments because It's sad but true, but most of the Christian church has no idea what the Ten Commandments are. If you were to take a survey of people and ask them what the first commandment is, except the folks that's here right now tonight, 
they wouldn't be able to tell you. So what we've been doing is going through the commandments, and each time that we go through the commandments, I think it's wonderful and important that we read them together. Because I think when you read something over and over, you learn it, you get it synced in in your heart and in your mind, and you start to know it. So tonight, again, as we have done time number three, we're going to read the commandments together, read them out loud. I can have them now. That'd be great. We'll read the commandments together and read them out loud. And, and again, I want you to read them like you mean it. We'll read it together. Commandment number one says what? You shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet anything of your neighbor. Here we have, ladies and gentlemen, the Ten Commandments. Might I remind you, they are not the Ten Suggestions. Amen. Amen. They are not the ten initiatives. They are the ten commandments given to us by God to govern our lives. Now, as we talked about, by way of quick review, remember we talked about the law and audience participation. The law is divided into how many components? Two. Very good. You have what? the law of God, and you have the law of Moses. Remember we talked about the law of God is the Ten Commandments. The law of God or the Ten Commandments are eternal. They are binding. They are unchanging for all men for all time. The Ten Commandments are the law of God, the first component. And the second component of the law is the law of Moses, The law of Moses, if you've been here, you know you've heard it before. The law of Moses deals with the ceremonial and civil aspects of the nation of Israel. The law of Moses is applicable and binding and applies to Jewish people only, not Gentiles. And that's why folks find themselves wrapped up in legalism. And that's why folks find themselves thinking they have to go to church on the Sabbath. Sabbath keepers. Because they don't take the time to look at the law and then divide them into their two components so that you understand what is, what is binding for all men for all time and what is specific to the nation of Israel, the law of God and the law of Moses. And then if you've been with us, you know that we've contrasted the law of God and the law of Moses. Remember we talked about the law of God was given audibly from Mount Sinai and everyone heard it. The law of Moses was given privately to Moses. The law of God was written with the very finger of God on tablets of stone. The law of Moses was dictated from God to Moses, and Moses was to put them in writing. The law of God was miraculously preserved in the Ark of the Covenant. The law of Moses was not to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. 
Now, let me also remind you the intent of the law. The intent of the law was not underscore, not intended to make you righteous. You understand that? The purpose of the law wasn't that you could keep the law and it would make you righteous. The purpose of the law was not to make you righteous, but to show that you're a wreck. The purpose of the law was to show you that you're a mess and you need a Messiah. Galatians chapter 3. We talk about it now every week. Verse 24, you should remember it. Therefore, the law was a tutor. Remember that word tutor. To bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. That word tutor is the Greek word pedagogos. And that word pedagogos means schoolmaster. So the law was intended to tutor you, to teach you that you are unrighteous and that you are in need of a messiah. The last time we were together, we also talked about how Jesus had taken the law of God and he simplified it. Remember, there was a gentleman that came to him and said, Jesus, what's the greatest? What's the biggest? What's the mega commandment? And Jesus said two things, fellas, two. Number one, love God with all your heart, mind and soul. And then secondly, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. How important is that, that we would, first of all, have our vertical relationship right with God before you can have relationships right with man? And perhaps, listen, perhaps you're here tonight and your relationship with man is all crazy. Well, maybe that's because your relationship with God is all crazy. You know, you need to get that right. Your relationship with God first. Jesus said the greatest commandment is, first of all, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God is the first table of the law. Loving your neighbor is the second table of the law. Jesus made it real simple. I love it. Because I don't need it difficult. I don't get it. Jesus made it simple. He said, listen. The greatest commandment is this, love God right and love your neighbor right. It's as simple as that. So with that, be that as it may, so far, are you listening? So far, we have covered two of the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one. I'm trying to move quicker, but it's just not working, okay? I've been trying to study and move quicker, and I can't seem to get through it, so we'll just take our time. Commandment number one we've talked about, you shall have no other gods before me. And remember I told you this commandment doesn't speak of precedence. In other words, God is not saying you can have all the gods you want after him. Y'all understand that? Say amen. He's not saying you can have all the gods you want after him. He's not talking about precedence. He's talking about presence. You shall have no other gods in my presence. Or in the Hebrew language, you shall have no other gods in my face. No other gods before me, commandment number one. We talked about that. If you've missed any of our teachings, you can order them in the bookstore. Commandment number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Again, we've talked about that last week. Remember, we talked about, and I even titled that sermon, Don't Chisel Yourself a God. Don't make any carved image. 
And it's in this commandment that God is saying, don't make any physical representation or worship any likeness of me in heaven or anything that I've created on the earth. We talked about those two commandments. Tonight, we come to the third commandment. You shall not. This is a biggie, y'all. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, listen, get your pen. I'm going to talk about tonight because there's many ways. Listen, many. I'm sure you'll come up with a few yourself. But there are many ways to take God's name in vain. I'm going to talk about and give you two of them tonight. Number one, if you're taking notes, you write this down. You can take God's name in vain in your speech. Number one. Secondly, you can take God's name in vain in your lifestyle. In your speech and in your lifestyle, that's what we're going to talk about tonight as it relates to this third commandment. Well, I tell you what, let's do Exodus chapter 20, and we'll read in verse 1 through 7, and then we will talk about verse 7. Verse 1, if you're there, say amen. And God spoke all of these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have the first commandment, no other gods before me. And you shall not make for yourself a carved image, commandment number two, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. And you shall not bow down to those carved images nor serve them. Why? Because they're not God. And God says, for I, the Lord, Adonai, Hebrew, Adonai, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. If you missed that teaching last week, you probably should get it. It was pretty important. But in verse six, showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments, Verse 7, commandment number 3, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. It is interesting to me, perhaps you'll find this interesting, that With the other commandments, as you read them through, you can see that God says, you shall not have other gods. You shall not make images. You shall not steal. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. And then in those other commandments, God just kind of leaves it at that. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't do all these other things. God leaves it just at that. But we notice with this third commandment, God says, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. And then he says, I am so serious about the Lord's name in vain that if you do it, I am not going to hold you guiltless. God says, I'm going to hold you guilty if you use my name in a vain kind of way. In other words, God is saying, This is exceptionally serious. This is a biggie. God, listen close, is very serious and sensitive about his name. Why? 
for the same reason that you are serious and sensitive about your name. Because your name, are you listening? Your name represents three things. Number one, your name represents your reputation. People say he's making a name for himself or he's got a good name. Represents your reputation. When I say your name or when I say a name, you automatically think of someone's reputation. Saddam insane. <laughs> you think of his reputation. Hitler. You think of his reputation. Mother Teresa. Billy Graham. You think of their reputation. So your name represents, if you're writing, taking notes, you write that down. Number one, your name represents your reputation. Secondly, your name, and especially in the Bible, not so much today, because we name our kids and people whatever. Some of the names today, y'all, I can't even pronounce, because they're like a contraction of four different names. But your name also, not only your reputation, but it represents your character. That's very, very true in the Bible. Nowadays, whatever. I mean, you know, we want to name them after all the grandparents. So the name is a little bit of grandmas, a little bit of granddads, a little bit of other grandmom, a little bit of other granddad, and you can't even pronounce it. It's all consonants or something. I don't know. But in the Bible, names were important. And names spoke of a person's character. For example, Achan's name meant trouble. Jacob's name meant trickster. Until, you know the story, his character was changed because he wrestled with God. God broke his hip, remember? And his character was changed and God then changed his name to Israel, governed by God. Esau, his name means red or hairy. Remember Genesis chapter 17, Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Why? Because he was going to be the father of many nations. You fast forward to the New Testament, we find that Simon, the son of Jonah, his name was changed to Peter, the rock. You see, your name is, has connection to your character, not only your character and your reputation, but your name also represents authority. Authority. Names carry authority. So God, for the same reason that you are serious and sensitive about your name, I'm serious and sensitive about my name. I mean, if you're a dad and you have a son and he has your same name, you probably had that talk with him. Don't be out there messing up because you have my name and perhaps they're coming to lock you up, but they take me, <laughs> which I'm a squeal. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you straight. It ain't me. You want my son. Take him. <laughs> Just lock him up. Get the names right. Fingerprint, get dental work, something, do something. I'm serious about my name. I don't know about you. Don't be messing up my name. No. And God is serious about his name. Amen, saints? Amen. 
There was this guy, listen to this. There was this guy named Paul Dixon, and he's written a book called Names. And this guy, Paul, he has a hobby of collecting strange and unusual names. And sometimes he says names seem to be prophetic. In 1941, there were two men who were executed in an electric chair in Florida. This is all true. He was, two men were executed in an electric chair in Florida, and their names were Will Byrne and Will Fizzle. There was a window washer. Listen, this is going to go downhill. I'm t- trust, trust. There was a window washer in Montreal who fell when he was washing windows and he died and his name was Will Drop. Dan Druff became a barber. Jeff Treadwell became a podiatrist. Go Forth and Ketchum were two guys who became police partners. Go Forth and Ketchum. O'Neill and Prey became partners in church equipment. A plaster contractor was named Will Crumble. Get this. Zoltan Overy, guess what he, did? Guess what he was? A gynecologist. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, P.P. Peters became a urologist. <laughs> and you know, my question is, what were their parents thinking? How you gonna name your kid? I'm not gonna even say it again. I just... <laughs> But God is very serious about his name, and and I think we should be very serious about our names. Now, two things. Let me give you. Number one, we're talking about two ways in which we can take God's name in vain. Number one, if you're still with me, you can take God's name in vain in your speech. Now, listen to this. The Jewish people took this third commandment of not taking God's name in vain. They took it very serious. As a matter of fact, They took it so serious that they would never allow the name of God to part their lips. When they read the manuscripts, they came across the name of God. They would bow their heads and say Hashem, which is Hebrew for the name. They would never say God's name. Baruch Hashem Adonai Elohim, which means blessed is the name of the Lord our God. So what is in a name? I'll tell you, a lot, especially if it's God's name. It's God's name. Now, I realize that in our culture, listen to me close, I realize that in our culture where God's name, you know, we take God's name in vain every day. We take his name in vain every day, all day. Did you know that, or did you know that it is reported, I was reading a statistic today, it is reported that America is the most foul-mouthed nation in the world. And Hollyweird, that's Hollywood, thinks that movies won't sell if they are not loaded with profanity and sex and violence. I know that you guys are all far more spiritual than I am. But have you ever seen a movie and, and like there's a word all thrown in there and you go, Where, what? what? Why was that? Why is that there? It seems so because that's Hollywood's attempt to sell a movie. That's Hollywood's attempt 
to get an R rating. It is their intention to get an R rating. They don't make that many G-rated movies. Have you noticed that? They don't believe that G-rated movies sell. They really don't sell like the R-rated ones with the violence and the sex and the profanity in them. And it's very interesting because it was back in the 50s with the movie Gone with the Wind. I know most of y'all remember that, didn't see it or whatever, but the movie Gone with the Wind, when it came out, get this, there was a huge controversy because at the end of the movie, Clark Gable said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And when he said that, Pastors and preachers and were preaching sermons on this. Editorials were written. People were in an uproar and they were saying, how could it be that the word damn was allowed to be used in a movie? And the reason for the uproar was because they understood that the word damn was not a word that you want to be throwing around. Y'all all right. I'm not trying to use profanity here. I'm trying to help you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.